0: Welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season Eight, Episode Thirty Two. I'm Jack. I'm Jabad. Welcome back, Jabad. Host Hi. of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, of course, the world famous. Wow. Um,
1: <laughs> um, how's your podcast going? Okay, okay. Yeah, I just—we were just talking off-air off about it, and um, yeah, it's—it's it's going okay. It's—it's um, it's enjoyable. Um, I think it's always difficult doing a podcast when we've had a few bad results. Um, the last couple of results have gone well, but obviously prior to that it, it was it wasn't a great yeah, time. It's a tough um, spell. It's, it's a tough spell. Um, it can be cathartic though. Sometimes when you when you do a podcast and you talk it through and you talk through Spurs and and you, and you get the anger and the frustration out <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. Out, out, out out of the system. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's going well. Good. But, and
0: um, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't listen, where can they find your podcast?
1: Um, SoundCloud, iTunes all the other platforms all, the usual, places. all yeah, the usual places yeah fantastic Well,
0: give that a listen uh, if you don't already but we're going to talk about hat tricks to start with tonight so after Lucas Mora's brilliant hat trick at the weekend what I want to know is what is the best hat trick that you've seen by a Spurs
1: player so do any spring to mind so I was thinking about this um, and actually I've got it on my phone I've got I, I, I was struggling to remember and I've got a list of all, all the hat tricks um, one of my favourites, I'm, I'm going to mention two, um, the first one is one which I, I didn't see live um, but it sticks with me um, and it was March 1995 and it was Ronnie Rosenthal's hat-trick um, against Southampton yeah. and we were 2-0 down and then he scored two goals in the 56 and 58 minute, it was two all and then we after that went to extra time and we won the tie 6-2, um, I think Klinsman and Barnby were also on the mm. score, sheet, score sheet that day. Um, the other one there are a whole load of hat-tricks that um, Harry Kane scored Yeah, particularly in in the calendar year twenty seventeen. I'm I struggling to to think which one stands out. It's obviously the um he scored against Fulham in the cup away from home. Um, end of that season, Leicester and Hull away from home. I think there was a few against West Brom and somebody else, Stoke possibly at White Hart Lane. Um, I'm gonna go for the one that he scored right at the end of that year at Wembley, of all places. I think it was against Southampton, and it. I,
0: yeah, five, five two. It was, yeah, it was five two? two yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, I think I think it, it was one of those classic header, left foot, right foot, hat tricks. And he broke a record. I don't know if it, if it was hundred goals. Was it or was it? The, you know, it wasn't that was the most goals in the community. most goals the calendar yeah, yeah, Yeah. And then Sonny did that celebration with him afterwards. Yes, yeah, so I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, that's there's, some great ones, there's another Kane yeah. hat trick which up until now I'd forgotten about. But I was going through this list. And I had assumed that it was, it was his first ever hat-trick for us, it wasn't, it was his first ever in the Premier League, mm. which was against Leicester um, mm-hmm. at White Hart Lane in the full three the year before they won the league. That was an
0: amazing game, yeah.
1: that match. Um, I've got great memories of that game, so
0: loads of people from the Boston Spurs who hopefully are listening were over for that game. We met them in the here before, had a few beers, in the, got into the stadium, I was in the Park Lane um, with ASD. Big Zach was there mm-hmm. as well. Like, it was fantastic. Everyone was having a great time. Seven goals, Kane hat-trick. Like, it was really windy that day as well. Yeah, it was really windy. Just, yeah. um, that, was, that was such a great, great day. And you think, you know, if you're one of those Boston Spurs fans that travelled over, you know, you obviously you run the risk, didn't you? of Coming over and it's a nil-nil. See so seven goals, a hat-trick, and one of your own bang, uh, banging him free. Like, that's a pretty good trip, isn't it? Um, some great ones there. You talked about Leicester at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the goals that he scored, because it was Leicester and Hull, I'm going to say, yeah, back-to-back, yeah, yeah, he actually yeah, got yeah. seven goals in two yeah, games, yeah. whatever it was. And he was, he was striking the ball with no backlift, wasn't he? And just yeah. firing it in. And some of the ones in that
1: Leicester game were just absolutely ridiculous goals. Um, they were the last two games of that season, and he was chasing Lukaku. Um, I think he was just behind Lukaku, and it was just, oh, I'm having a, goals yeah, boat, a this goal. Is on boot and he just went, went for it. Yeah. I can't think of any hat-tricks. I only scored one for England in the World Cup. I can't think of any that he scored for Spurs since that that twenty seventeen mm. calendar year. I could be wrong. Um I'm
0: not sure off the top of my head. But seeing what people posted on social media about it, so um James Lamont talked about um Rocket Ronnies in ninety five and also said Klinsmann his four goals against Wimbledon in ninety mm-hmm. yep. eight to save us from relegation with one game to go. Now some people probably listened to that and this is even slightly before I really got into Spurs. Um we were in a relegation fight that yeah. season. I mean,
1: yeah. do you remember it well? I, I, I remember it well. Um, it was the second coming for Klinsman. I remember I remember when it was announced, um, hearing it. Um, this is a, this is in the days before social media and the yeah, mm. very early days of the internet. I remember hearing it on, on, on the radio. And... It was actually his final season in professional football, if I'm not mistaken. He finished off with us, and then there was a World Cup um, with Germany, and that was that. by that point, he was he was 34. When his second spell wasn't as prolific as his first spell, he was playing in a poorer team. Although mm. we had the likes of Scholler and Anderson and, and Les Ferdinand, but they were good players in in the round. Why did that team struggle so much? Um, Christian Gross. That, <laughs> that was one good reason. We. It's 97-98 We started off with Jerry Francis in charge, and then Francis. Uh, the results weren't going particularly well. We did have a lot of poor as, as good as you know the likes of the Andertons and the, and the Ginolas of this world and the Ferdinands. Um, we had a lot of injuries, and we had a lot of poor players in that squad as yeah. well. And Jerry Francis. Um, uh, Alan Shea got rid of him and then he bought this unheard Swissman called Christian Gross yeah. and uh, he wasn't great. Yeah, he's still unheard now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, but Klinsman didn't start off particularly well. But where it mattered towards the end of the season, he, he got a few goals um, and that game at Selhurst, I think that was 6 2, and he scored four goals. That was, that was notable. Yeah. yeah. Um, Other ones on here So I know Alan
0: Gilzine on Twitter has said, I remember Roberts scoring a perfect hat-trick versus Southampton in the early 80s at the lane. Diving header, left foot volley and right foot rifler from the edge of the box. Um, I literally had no idea that that ever happened. I didn't know either. That's fantastic. Um, Richard Heeler on Facebook said, I've only ever seen one hat-trick, Gareth Bales in the San Zero. It was the start of Spurs stepping up to the demands of the Champions League. A journey which will continue to show progression tomorrow night. I mean, confidence there, Richard. Um, Thanks for that. Forgotten about that. That hat-trick was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, The goals, so simple, but not simple, if that makes sense. you know, It was just literally sheer pace and striking a ball at the end of the run. Phenomenal, what a night that was. And we lost. But Spurs fans look back at that and think... You know what an amazing night! And did we go? We did we go four 0 down very early on in that game? And down to ten men. Yeah. Gomez got sent
1: off. That's right. Four 0 after half an I, hour. I just remember switching the TV off and I went for a run. Um, came back and I think by that point we'd we'd I pretty much I'd given up on 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 the game and and I went for a run just to just de- get straight, away from just, it. Yeah. Just get away and just to de de de, de- stress. And I came back I think We might have pulled one, butt by, by that point yeah. and then suddenly bail and it
0: was just yeah if we'd have had another five minutes in that game I genuinely think we would have equalised Um, Snotten on Reddit has said when Harry Kane scored a hat-trick in the Europa League and then played goalkeeper for the rest of the game yeah that was so that was
1: his that was was the very first hat-trick I'd I'd forgotten about that it was against um, Ristas I'm not sure if that's the right (laughs) pronunciation something like that Yeah. weird yeah Um, and that was brilliant when he went to goal and he was absolutely
0: shocking in goal wasn't he because he let that absolutely awful free kick that was straight yeah. at him go under him and in but that made it even funnier for me was that also the game that Lamella did the Rabona I'm not sure okay. it may well that was, a, yeah,
1: um, was also an early Europa that's the
0: best worst goal that I've ever seen that Lamella goal um, Chicken on Reddit said probably wasn't that good but my first game I went to Robbie Keane bagged a hatchery against Wolves so that lives long in memory for me and Defoe's goals against Wigan were pretty spectacular as well for a game that he was at and um, you forget about that, don't you? Defoe was it five against Wigan? He got Defoe, in that game. Yeah. One yeah. nil um, at half time. That game. You always forget that, don't you? That you know the second half was absolutely crazy, and it was just Lennon, Defoe, goal, 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 goal.
1: That was, this was what two thousand and nine. So I was following that game. I didn't. I was. I was at home, and I was. I was. It was. This was in the very early days of streams, or maybe streams had, were, were a thing, but I'd only just discovered them, and. I had a poor stream and I yeah. ended up following it on um, just like online. Yeah. Literally, just almost like. like refreshing every Yeah, like, of minutes, almost yeah. like Teletext. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say Teletext, but it wasn't Teletext. Um, yeah. And that must have been, you must have been sat there thinking, what the
0: hell's going on Because every time you're refreshing <laughs> it, the number of goals is just going up and up and up and up. So. Aristas Tripolis, that was the team that. Um, That was the hat-trick and Kane going and going. There There you go, some brilliant ones. Lucas Moura's hat-trick was also fantastic. Um, Great to see him on the score sheet. Another one, which it wasn't against a particularly stellar opposition, but was Fernando Llorente's perfect hat-trick last season in the Cup, which was... I can't remember what the team was at Wembley. It's either Ro-
1: snowy conditions. Yes, yeah. it was either Rochdale or Newport. I can't yeah. remember which one because I was I was at both games, but they all just merged into both yeah. at one. Um, and that was left foot, right foot header, yeah. perfect
0: hat trick. So that that's up there as well it was a pretty good one. And do you remember Berbertoff's again in that crazy game against Reading? Yeah, yeah. Um, when he was just a man possessed that day. Um, <laughs> Six or 7-4 or something, something like here. that and yeah. Dave Kitson scored a hat trick for Reading yeah. it was just a real crazy game so there you go there's some there's some hat tricks let's talk now about the game at the weekend so Huddersfield um, they were obviously, obviously already relegated mm-hmm. going into that match so we were all pretty confident we'd get three points to score four um, for me is massive given that the goal difference could come into play and that's a big boost for us if you look at us versus the other teams in around us, that
1: four-goal margin
0: could end up proving to be pretty important for us. Do you
1: think we would have scored four at Wembley this season against the same opposition? I mean, I wasn't at the game because I was actually on holiday, Um, but Huddersfield, they're a poor, poor team.
0: They really are. Um, We might have done, you don't know. I mean, a lot was made about Wembley Um, and obviously there is absolutely no comparison with this new stadium, but I don't feel like it had that much of a negative impact there was the I, odd game where it was a bit like, oh God,
1: but I don't think it was as horrific. No, I, I, I don't. And I think I think certainly last season, that's what our first and fourth season at Wembley, um, although we there was that talk of a curse early on, we seemed to put... Yeah, we put, had a good home yeah, record Yeah, we had there. a very good record and we did... We did dispatch a few, you know. We did score. I think we scored the five. We mentioned a five against Southampton. I think against four Everton. against Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool. I think Everton five, yeah. etc. Whereas this season, it I don't think we smashed any teams mm. at home. That's that's mm. the one criticism. I think I've had of Spurs all season, and the goal difference has been a little bit low. And and there had there definitely this season there was you should just see it by the attendance at yeah. Wembley. There was a general yeah. apathy, and I just wonder whether. Yeah, they were a poor team, but just the, the crowds and everybody and the occasion and yeah. how much that lifts the players.
0: I do think that the atmosphere in the new ground, and we'll talk about what you've experienced in the new ground so far as well in a bit, but um, I think teams just approach us in an even more negative way now than mm-hmm. what they did a year, two years ago. You think back to the Harry Redknapp days where you know, teams used to sit in, but they wouldn't be afraid to get bodies forward and counter attack which is why we used to lose those games. We're under pots. It's always felt like it's been frustrating draws, nil nils, 1-1s. And it seems like even when we go 1-0 up against the team, especially bottom half side, they're fine with that. They just want to stay in the game, even 2-0. They're not bothered about coming out and playing. And for, for some sides this season, it genuinely has felt like it's just damage limitations. If we can just lose this game 2-0, fine. I also think we've been a little bit guilty of... Taking our foot off the gas a little bit. We've got a couple of goals up and we're sort of, you know, we're happy with this. And I think a big part of that has been the injuries that we've got Mm -hmm. and that we probably haven't been able to really be super ruthless because the last thing you want is your 3 0 up and your striker or your midfielder does a hamstring chasing the ball in the 90th minute and you think, what were you doing? Um, But it was good to see us like that, you know, and two late goals as well. Um, Lucas Moore looked particularly hungry the whole game. He's just, the last couple of games when he's played, you can normally tell with him within the first 10 seconds if he's going to have a good game yeah, or not, yeah. and when he's buzzing around people and he's lively you think, oh here we go, he's going to be a bit of a handful. Um, but it was great to see him
1: um, scoring. Where do you stand on the view that we're a better team without Harry Kane? Okay, so uh, there was a stat flying around the other week and it, 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 it's, it's basically suggested that only, very, only only by a very small margin that the results were slightly better this season. Um, with Sun than Kane, and I think it just the, this season we've we've had other spells where previous, last season where Sun's come in for for, for Kane, and obviously if you are going to look at it scientifically. It's a smaller set of games, so if you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do, you really you do it twenty games twenty games you yeah. over a bigger margin. For me, what the stat shows, it dispels the notion often put out by people who aren't Spurs fans, people in the media that we are reliant on Harry Kane. What it shows is that actually we have got other options. Um, as good as player as Kane is, um, other players like Son notably, probably early to say, even though Morris called a hat-trick, but certainly we know we know that Sun can come in and we've got other options and we play a different way. Um... Unfortunately, so I think that, that, that if, if anything, that's what it shows. Rather than yeah. rather than it saying that actually we're, we're a better team, I don't think I don't mean to say we're we're a better team or, or inferior team. I think we we can we it shows that we've got the depth and we can play in different ways and we're not reliant on 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 Kane necessarily. Mm. I think the unfortunate part for me is that with Kane injured, you start to look at the bench, and then it starts to look thin because yeah. you see you take Kane out. And then you, Sun starts, and somebody's going to start with Sun, so let's assume it's Lorente, for example, or Mora tomorrow, one of those. Then suddenly the bench is looking a bit thin. And You've if only Sun, really and got if Sun, one attacking option, haven't you, off the bench? Realistically, yeah. And if Sun got injured, mm. then I w- really would be worried. And as I know that mora has got a hat-trick, and I know that um, lorente has got certain other attributes that he mm. brings to the party, but... Neither of them fill me with confidence in the way that Son does. Mm-hmm. Son and Kane are two top strikers, different strikers, but they're, they're two top players. One of them gets injured, fine. If the other one gets injured, it's equivalent. If 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 Aguero gets injured, Haziz will come in. If Haziz gets injured, who is City going to play?
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good point. Um, I think it's absolute madness that people are talking and uh, saying that we're better without Kane. I think. The, my only my only thing I would say with it is we're probably slightly, no, not probably, we are more predictable when Kane's inside mm-hmm. because you know yeah. he's going to be up top on his own, Son's going to be off one side, mm-hmm. Eric's off the other alley in the middle, give or take. You know that's roughly how we're going to set up. But all this stuff about, oh, you know, Spurs play better football, they're better going for it's absolute nonsense. And I know for a fact that there's 99% of Spurs fans would want Harry Kane playing tomorrow night against Man City than wouldn't. Um, what it does allow us, yeah. and I think your point about Sun is is great that, that the players the other players do step up mm-hmm. definitely when he 's not been there and I do think that there 's a big sense of when Harry Kane plays, the ball goes up to him and we just sort of leave him to it. There is a big sense of that, whereas when kane 's not in the side and Lorente's playing up for example, the ball goes into Lorente, the amount of bodies we get forward to support him is brilliant. Was with Kane, I don't think we get as many men forward because we just sort of expect him to turn and put the ball in the top corner, which most of the time he does. Um, it does allow us tomorrow night to play probably in a, in a way that's more suited, given it's a two-legged tie that we will play on the break. That we, I, I'd be very, very surprised to see us go out and try and really dominate City. If you've got Sun and you've got Lucas up front or one of them, you're naturally going to sit in, try and create some space in behind, which could really, really suit us. On the flip side, it could be perfect for City because mm-hmm. they're going to have a little bit more of the ball. They're going to have more territory. So we'll see. Um, but I just wanted to get your view because I've, I've seen some Spurs fans on Twitter genuinely believing that, oh no, we'd be better without Kane, which is madness. I mean, I think what we've shown over yeah. the last few seasons is that we can deal with his absence for 10 games. If you all of a sudden were looking at it over a course of the season... Yeah. That there is absolutely no way that you could get anywhere. You wouldn't even get half the goals he scores absolutely. with else. And, then, and
1: then also again in that scenario, then you're then crossing your fingers that, that nothing happens to Sun, um, or he doesn't burn out. I mean, he certainly yeah. runs around a lot, and, yeah. and, and sometimes we've seen him burn out. Just uh, what, briefly on one, one other thing on, on the whole Kane. When Son comes in and he's doing really really well, and then Kane Kane comes back from an injury, certainly there is a, at that point there is a legitimate difficult question that's raised which is yeah, do you then start mm. Kane because you, you've got a winning team, do you want to break a winning team? Uh, for me Harry Kane is that good that he starts, My, the only caveat I'd throw in there is if he isn't fully fit, don't rush him back, yeah. have him on the bench, just ease him in, there's no, there's no, there's no rush So mm. uh, that, I, and I felt this time round, I thought that he would be eased back in to be fair, though, when he did come back in against Burnley and, um, and then start subsequent games, although we didn't do particularly well. He scored, though, didn't he? He did score, game, and yeah. he, did, he did look sharp. He yeah. wasn't like some of the other times when he returned from, from
0: injury. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and I think your point as well about you know, when he does come back, what do you do um, with him and son? And we had that spell, didn't we? Probably must have been about a dozen games where we were playing a diamond mm-hmm. and then both up top. Um, which was brilliant for that spell, and then we got found out a little bit, and then he's reverted back now to Sun in a wider area. Um, it's just good to have the options, yeah. you know. I, I, we haven't yet seen a Lorente and Sun proper partnership up front because we had Kane and Sun mm-hmm. in that diamond, um, but I, I, I actually think that that partnership could work pretty well with Lorente sort of being the central. He's not going to move really outside the goalpost. Sun can be buzzing around him. I think that could work quite well, not for the city game. Um, but just in general that's a partnership you, you think City is going to go with Moura and Son I think so um, yeah. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't see um, Lorente starting in that game just because you know we're going to we have to get the ball forward quickly we're going to need our strikers to make runs in behind it's just it's not really Lorente's game um, he's a good hold up player mm-hmm. so you know there is an argument for if you're sitting in and playing on the break and you've got someone up there you can just hit the ball up to him and he can hold it there's an argument for that but I just think that you're going to scare City more in that type of game with players that are running behind. Thinking back to that first leg, which was Walker, Otamendi, Laporte and Dell for the back. Not, it's not a brilliant back four. It's really not. Like Walker, a terrific athlete. He really is. You can't question that. But he's always a bit suspect defensively. Um, and if Eriksen goes up against him, you, or Deli you Alli, know, if he's fit you're encouraged by the fact that they'll be too smart for him, that, he, that he'll find that type of defending really difficult. I think Delph is a decent Prem player. I was really shocked when he played in the first leg, um, and I think he's definitely someone you can get at him. Laporte is a top centre-half. Yeah. Otamendi is a top centre-half, but he's quite an emotional player, and I think he's one of them that you can, if you get in his head, he's a red card or something absolutely crazy waiting to happen. And I think Lorente up against Laporte and Otamendi is exactly what they would want. Just a big man that they can just go, you know. We're just gonna have a battle for ninety minutes. Whereas Son, who's just gonna to refuse to be marked the whole game and play midfield and then be on the wing, like to think will cause him a few more problems. Um, but with, you know, with Pock you can never rule out something crazy and him doing something like not starting both Son and Lucas. You know, it, it, you you never know what he what he's planning. Um,
1: does he go with wing backs? Does he not? You know, there's lots of yeah. options that we've got. Um, on the way up, on the way up here, um, I was just following on Twitter, and they announced the uh, the, the, the just the team news um, mm. and Winx is out tomorrow. Um, Serge and Dyer still out. Um, Winks will be a massive miss. Winx will be a massive miss. But when I was there on Saturday, when Yama, is a different sort of player. Played the full ninety. Yes, I know the opposition were inferior, but for me, the key thing there was the fact that he played the full ninety. Um, and he he looked okay. He didn't look off off the pace. Um, that gives me a little bit of confidence. Yeah, Winks will be a miss, We we can't do anything about that. We, we've got Saseko will step up. He's but of... I mean he's
0: been brilliant all season. Saseko. I mean what a turnaround. you know if we think back? Remember the last time we did a pod, but it was, you know, it must have been sort of sixish months ago, mm-hmm. and we would have been talking then about um, the window would have been coming. To open in January, do look at it and oh, if we can get some money for Sissoko and Dempolo, like get a replacement or whatever, but he's just been phenomenal. Absolutely need phenomenal to offer him a new contract
1: all Surely. season. Surely. Well,
0: I mean, I genuinely think that he will get Tottenham player of the season. Um, I'll vote for him, 100%. You know, yeah. if you look at who's been consistent over the course of the whole season, who's really stepped up and, you know, made themselves accountable, you, you can't question it. And right now, he's one of the first names on the team yeah. sheet, which... I say that smiling because it is absolutely mad that eighteen months ago you're thinking if we can get ten million for him, that would be brilliant and we'll just cut our losses. Um, but he, he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And he's been fit. He's got a run of games. He's been playing more centrally because I noticed start of he was playing off the side yeah. a little bit and he was in the team one week. Then he was playing left mid. Then he was holding midfield. And it was difficult for him
1: or turn Absolutely, and I think, I, I mean, some of that, yes, has been circumstances but other players inj- injured have allowed him to come in. But he's taken the, he's taken the chance. Definitely. He's got the confidence. Everybody's now behind him. I think that really helps. Yeah. Singing his name always. Um, even when he missed at Liverpool, they were singing his name afterwards, mm. which was a stark contrast mm. to some of the abuse, for example. Ericsson yeah. was getting at, 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 at that game and, and Trippier. Mm. Um, I also think that even if we had Dyer. And it's a bold statement. If we had Dio, Wanyama, Winks, Sissoko, all four of these players throwing skip in all of these midfield players fully fit. I minute, still think Sissoko would be the first one. At the minute, hundred percent. Because oh. I
0: think at the moment, how could you not? How could you not play him? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the way that Poch lucks play, and you know what, the Winks Sissoko partnership has been excellent as well. Because you know, Winks wants to get on the ball. He wants to play. He, he's that anchor, isn't he, in the midfield? Um, and him sitting in there, you need somebody that is going to buzz around him and put themselves about him. I'm a massive fan of Dyer. I think he's a real, real top player. But he does have that mobility. Yeah. And he, in terms of you know what type of midfielder he is, he is a, a one-dimensional midfielder. He's brilliant at what he does, breaking up play, being solid, giving us that platform to go and play. But him and Winks, it's, it's fairly similar in terms of they both want the ball. They're not really going to make too many runs in behind. They don't carry the ball. Dyer definitely doesn't carry the ball particularly well. Sissoko, when he gets it, and there were points in that first leg, he was receiving the ball off Loris, and he was literally just smashing his
1: way through. And he, and he, he also does this thing where he takes it on the turn with his back face to goal, yeah. and it's just majestic, and he just drives yeah. forward. We've not had somebody do that since Dembele, really. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, and he's just been
0: he's been a complete revelation this season and he is one of the first names in the team sheet it'd be interesting to see I was I was really pleased to see Yama back mm-hmm. because I've, we've spoken a lot about him on this podcast the last two years and I've always said you can't question his ability he's a really really good player but he's not being fit mm. and you just think like, what's the value of having a player that you know you, you can't even get an hour out of him let alone 90 um, so I hope that he can put a run of games together now we need him if Winks is injured, um, you know, and that looks like he's been in and out of the team a lot, Winks, in the last month of injuries, you hope that he can sort of shake that. But you're going to need him now until the end of the season, potentially further in the Champions League if we get there. It's too much to ask Skip to really be stepping in for these games, although he, he might be a top player in the future. Um, it's a You know, it's a big chance of Wanyama. You talked about Sissoko taking the opportunity. What a brilliant chance of Wanyama, you know? Like two games this week, if he puts in two big performances he can you know have that shirt for the rest of the yeah. season but we'll see um i'm just very very intrigued to see what our tactical approach is tomorrow night and what yeah. formation because um we've played a lot of different systems a lot of different people have played in different positions so far this season um i'm just interested to see if it's a back three or a back I four i think he'll go with
1: i think we will go with a back four i think he'll go with Hugo and goal rose and tripper as the full backs um Alvaro and vatongen as the pairing the the last three occasions that we've played at the Etihad um, when we won in 2016 when we drew the following season 2 all, and then when we lost 4-1 last season on each of those occasions we've never been able to field both Jan and Toby together oh, so the very the very first time Toby, when, we, when we won there um, Toby played but Jan had that injury that he picked up against Palace mm. Kevin Vimmer started the following season I think Yan again was injured. Toby started when when we drew to all, and then last season, Yam um, started but Toby was injured mm. yeah, that that long injury. So the fact that those two are going to yeah. that's a really big thing. I think he will go with go with that back four. I think well, Sissoko presumably Wan unless he can't play another night when he played at night mm. he played ninety. Maybe maybe he might not. Maybe he'll start but he won't be able to play the full mm. ninety. And then I think he will go with Eriksson Deli who's back in. Training, son and Lucas, and I think Lamella, who's also back in training, will and be on the bench. the bench. Yep, he famously came off the bench when we, the last time we won there, and threaded that through ball for Erickson. Yeah, which was which was yep. brilliant. Um, I don't. I mean, given the injuries and that
0: that we've got, the only other real alternative to that side is Sanchez comes in for someone. And we have and three centre That's a possibility, um, yeah. Which is a possibility. I don't particularly think that's the best approach against
1: the City because that gives them a lot of the ball in the wide areas, and they'll just get overloads on you. And that Sanchez and fourth both started the weekend. Toby didn't. I think he was with one eye on this game, so I think Toby and Jan will definitely start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Possi- I'll just possibly. be. I'll be interested to see as well.
0: So I, I think it will probably be that back four mm. you talked about, whether or not we're the rigid four-two-three-one we were in the first leg, which was literally if you're into like your analysis of football. You can watch that game back. That is one of the clearest shapes I've ever seen a team play that four two three one. It was absolutely phenomenal, the discipline was incredible. But you you'd be assuming that City are going to play a completely different way, personnel formation. So De Bruyne will be back. Yeah, which is a
1: he's a terrifying player. We've we, um, we've beaten them before with De Bruyne. I think mean, I think we uh, Pep when he took over, we went we we won two 0 at the lane and the season before when Pellegrini was in charge I think we won 4-1 mm. De Bruyne played in both matches and he's a fantastic mm. player but he's not you know we've got fantastic players sometimes yeah. sometimes we're a little bit in awe of the opposition we've got a great team we can yeah. I, think I think I honestly think tomorrow night we will score a goal yeah I'm confident that we'll score I mean, you know there's not a game that we go into where I'm I don't think we're
0: going to get a goal. Mm. It's just um, there'll be a moment at even nil-nil, or you know, if City take the lead at one 0 City that we the ball has to go in the back of the net for us. Uh, that it really does, and if we score it, that could be a complete killer. And yeah. I, I liken that to when Liverpool knocked City out of Champions League last yeah. year, and Liverpool beat them. Oh, granted, it was 3 0 the first leg, but that second leg, City scored early. and They were all over them. All over him and Liverpool got one chance and the ball's in the back of the net. And it, you, literally the whole stadium just were like, oh, it's done. It's not the same level because obviously we've not got a bigger lead. But if we can score at that real important moment, and this is where I, I am nervous without Kane, because you know if there's a, a chance and Kane's through, it's in the back of the net, nine times out of ten. Son, Lucas, maybe not quite as clinical, but I just hope that the chance falls to the right player and they find the back of the net tomorrow night. Um... It's going to be tough to
1: do it. I mean, you're going up there, so you, you must yeah, be buzzing. I'm. I'm. I'm really looking forward to. And and like I said, I do. I honestly believe. I think we we can get a goal. The trouble is, if we do get a goal, they need to score free, and they are more than capable of scoring free past us. Mm-hmm. That's not because we're a poor team. Um, that's because they are they are that good. Yeah. But so are we. We. I. I said. I said. I think we'll. The minimum. I think we'll score is one. Mm-hmm. If we score a second one. That is it. I can't there's no way back for them. Yeah, well you'd have famous last words there, aren't you? I'd but, be I'd you know, be yeah. You talked
0: about the the results of the last season with Nova Tongan and um, mm-hmm. Toby Perrin. What was that? So we've got one there last year, okay, we got battered two the year before, two the year before. So it's not as if it's a stadium that we're going to where it's like, Oh Christ, we haven't won there for twenty years and yeah. we know we've scored once in the last five business. Yeah. We can go there from an attacking point of view with some confidence yeah. that you know there's no reason why we can't get the goals we need. Um, I just do think without sounding too negative that a lot of it comes down to what City do tomorrow night and if they turn up and they're on fire it's going to be extremely difficult for us to get through if they're at an 8 out of 10 we've got a chance if we're at our absolute maximum but I mean for a new choice it, then people must be really it's excited great, to watch it's it great, tomorrow be a great tie and um,
1: hopefully we're yeah. going to win
0: um, if, you could, if you could win one of the games against City this week the Champions League or the league what one would you rather win
1: uh, well, I'd like us to go through tomorrow and we don't necessarily need to win that. So I'll take a draw. Oh, good, but, good, but good so, so draw tomorrow and win uh, at, the, uh, at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but I want us to go through, so you know, a draw tomorrow would, would would be fine. And actually, do you know what? When I looked at our... When we played Liverpool just before the Liverpool game, I looked at our league games that we had left and obviously at that point we we hadn't picked up a, 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 a points for a while and I looked at the games and thought this is one we should win this is one we should win and mm-hmm. what do we do football's not played on paper of course but I always factored that we'd lose at City yeah I think everyone and did so yeah. you know if we go through tomorrow and if we pick up a point for example at the weekend I think that would be a very good result oh yeah that would be unbelievable. I mean, to knock City out and draw the league game. Even if cool. even if Arsenal win their, and whoever else is playing that weekend win their subsequent, you know, win, 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 win their games and and happen to lead progress, we've still got that game in hand. We've got other lots of other home games, so a, a point is a fairly credible result. Yeah. So I would take yeah. that on. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm the same as you in terms of that City
0: league game. You just sort of discount that. You think, well, that'd be a loss. And even if we do lose that league game. It's still in our hands. The top oh, absolutely! Four, yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah, you look at the remaining games we've got. The West Ham game will be difficult. That will be a tough game for us. Yeah, but in the you know they always turn up, especially
1: Tottenham away. That's a big game for them, and they're quite a dangerous side. West Ham when they do play, but we've th- had the upper hand though against them this season, but away from home, both yeah. in the league and in the Carabao Cup or whatever yeah. it's called these days. Um,
0: I, I think that the games this season, I've almost felt that when we've played West Ham that they've been too emotional for them. Yeah. Whereas I think we've been quite good at being pretty cold and just being like we're not getting caught up in the motion, this is the derby, we're getting the job
1: done. I think that is that's that is a, that is us at our very best when we play the game rather than the occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, Palace a few weeks ago, the first game in the new stadium, even last week Champions League out, we got the result, we got over the line. Um, we often get accused of not being able to get over the line but I think that these are great examples. Even the final game at, at um, White Hart Lane when we played United, yeah. for me the most important thing that day was to win the match and secure yeah. second place. We did that, and we didn't play the occasion. And if we do start to become a bit too emotional and get caught up in it all, then I think that that's where it, you make it more difficult on yourself. Definitely. Um, what has been your experience of the new
0: stadium been? So you're a season ticket holder. Yep. You're in you're in the south, south stand, yep. same as me the Park yep. Lane, which is. You know, a really unique place to be. How have you found actually going um, on the ground? Given it's been, you know, a long
1: time coming. What's it actually been no, like? Firstly, it's great being back home. Um, how good is it not to be at Wembley? Yeah. It's so, it's so yeah. every you know, you're back home. Um, the positives. You're back home. The stadium is fantastic. It is um as a as a, b- b- architecturally it's fantastic, fantastic design. Um, it's very close to the pitch. Um, it does have that feel of White Hart Lane. It's not yeah. White Hart Lane, but it does have that feel of it. Um, for me, it's the new stadium, and the spirit of White Hart Lane is, is embedded in that yeah. um, in, 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 in the new stadium. It's Not the stadium, although people tend to call it White Hart Lane. Or well, the, or the, the echoes Lane. of Glory Arena is what <laughs> some people have been uh, labelling it. Um, so it's yeah, it, it's great that the the, um, the wall is. Sorry, firstly the the facilities and the concourse are really good. Yeah. It it is a little bit packed. I think that that's because there's a novelty factor of the stadium and everybody's going there, and I think they need to work on the sort of managing the flow a bit more. I, I think, think a
0: lot of people from the north, the east, and the west have all been coming to the south yeah, they? before yeah, the game because that's bar, you know that's yeah. where the yeah. atmosphere
1: is. Yeah. Um, and the atmosphere is, it was really good in the first Palace game. It was good, a little bit nervy. But City game, fantastic. Um, I like the fact that I, I tend to. I'm one for standing. Some people like to sit. That's absolutely fine. Some people like to stand. Yeah. Um, the old stadium at White Hart Lane. Um, I tended to sit. I wasn't at that point. I wasn't a season ticket holder, but as a bronze member, I would tend to try to get tickets in the park lane in the lower. And generally, it was. Those first 28 rows of, of, of the part lane lower, it was standing, and yeah. stewards just, it was accepted. You couldn't really get away with standing in the upper tier. Um, I think that's how often say how to mm. think. Now, we've got a single-tier stand. Um, my, I think you're f- f- nearer the front, yeah, my row 24, 25. So, like I said, it is all one stand, but sort of if you're looking at blocks, on yeah. the back row of the first block, so I'm I'm four rows the block that I'm in three two four which is slightly to, slightly to the corner, um, uh, or to the left of the goal mm. if you like, not that much of the corner. Um, I'm four rows from the top of that block. so I'm row seventy three, so fairly high up. My concern was because I was so high up, they would say it's you can't stand. Yeah. For the Palace game, we were standing. Yeah. For the Um, city game we were standing and I think some of that was due to the fact that all the people in front of me the row in front and the row in front and the row in front were all standing so I had a legitimate excuse to get away with standing Unfortunately, at the Huddersfield game they were making everybody sit down they were really putting it in force and that did from my perspective it did affect the atmosphere in some ways I'd rather everybody was just sitting down knowing that that's what you've got to do. You've got no, and then at least you just get on with it, and you're not sort of stressed out. Mm. Whereas we were, we started off standing, and then stewards kept telling us to sit down, so we'd sit down, and then people would stand up. Then there was a guy who was a bit abusive to other fans mm. because he was he was a bit drunk, but he was just shouting at the fans and saying don't listen to the stewards. And uh, and I think the the problem there was that a lot of fans were worried that there'd been an email going around saying that you know if you're persistent standing, you'll get your season mm. to to get revoked, whatnot. My issue with that is that. It's legal st- It is the, the the law states that you can't stand in mm. football stadiums. The Huddersfield fans, the visiting fans stand. Mm. Away fans stand. Um, I don't want that that by the way to change. But you, surely you've got to have a level of consistency. Mm. I
0: wonder if it's um, just given you know you're further up in that south stand because so where I am the first twenty five rows are all what what the clubs already put in place is a safe standing yeah. zone. So we've all got a bar um, and we've stood. All game, every game so mm. far, and not once has a steward come to where I am and said, Can you sit down? Part of that is that I'm the back row, of that yep. first bit, there's no one behind me, it's an elevated, yep. disabled bit. So if I'm stood all game, I'm not affecting anyone, but I've not seen any stewards come right down in that front. Well,
1: Haddersfield, I don't know what, it, what the experience was like at Haddersfield in those rows, so mm-hmm. I can only speak. Prior to the game, it was fine. Suddenly, I found at the game that everybody. In our section, I don't know about those those mm. first, first twenty rows whether they were enforcing it at Huddersfield. Mm. Um, but yeah. I think it's one of
0: them. I think the the majority of the people that are in the South Stand want to stand. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, if you're a family or whatever and you want to sit, you just you would know don't sit in the wall. You'd go in the North Stand, the Family um, Stand, or whatever, or the West Upper, somewhere like that where yeah, you know you yeah. can have a. Probably a nicer experience of, of the game, if that's the kind of thing you're after. I get it from a health and safety point of view, Like I, I get it, it's not the stewards fault, You know they'll get in trouble yeah. if they don't do it, but I just think that there needs to be sort of a compromise between the two, of like, when is it okay, when is it not, is there a cut off, is it, okay, if you're in the safe standing zone, that's fine, but I think there needs to be some kind of unwritten
1: rule. So a, f- a friend of mine questioned them about the way fans walk through, why, mm. why, why, why doesn't the same apply to, to, to the other field fans? One of them didn't have an answer. Then he had to check with his superior, and then they were, they, they said something like, oh, we're not responsible for the away mm-hmm, fans." Yeah, yeah. Which I just thought, "Hold on, this is it's our stadium, and anybody who enters yeah. that stadium, we're responsible. Surely you're responsible." That's for... just passing the yeah, uh, passing yeah. responsibility. Um, the only the only other t- two other things are just sort of slightly negative things. Were some of the stewards? I think they've employed a lot of stewards who were new, who were local volunteers, um, which is on and one way one. On the one hand, it's very good, it's good that they're getting people in the local community involved, but a lot of these people probably have got no experience of stewarding yeah. before. Um, and when you go and ask them and you say for example how do I get to the shelf bar I, mean, mm. I know where the shelf bar is it's on the shelf yeah. side. but actually getting there going all the way around the concourse you can't necessarily do that yeah. you've got to be at a certain level or this that and the other and you ask them and they're not very helpful that they don't know um, the only other thing I found I don't know what your experience of this was but after the game coming home mm. and trying to get home and obviously yeah, the, it's almost double the number and it's whether the infrastructure can cope. White Hart yeah. station is being refurbished. I tend to walk to Seven Sisters, but it was just nightmare just yeah. walking down the high road. I tra- um, tried Tottenham Hell the other day; that was problematic as well.
0: Yeah, my route home is um, Northumberland Park. Okay, and then a train for Northumberland Park to Stratford, and then the Central Line home. Um, which the two night I guess I wasn't at Huddersfield; I was yeah. at Palace and City, and both. Both of them. So, because I mean, if we're in the south. You get out and you sort of that, that direction towards Northumberland Park. Anyway, so I normally get out, leg it up to the station to try and catch an earlier train. All the Stratford trains were cancelled. Both games, so that wasn't a mm. great experience getting back. Um, I think it will get better. Yeah. I think they just need to they need to figure out um, how they're going to do it. I think that we've been a little bit unlucky in terms of that there's been a couple of night games and night games even if you think back to the old White Hot Lane were always a pain anyway as they were at Wembley. So I think your standard weekend games I think will be fine because people will all get over there at different times, some will go straight away, some won't. I think the night games the majority of people that are coming from work are all landing at 70s to White Hot Lane within 20 minutes of each other and at most people the night game just want to get out afterwards um, I think it's brilliant that the club have said after the games the stadium stand open I think that is such yeah. a fantastic thing And you know, like, I think the Saturday three o'clock games stay A couple of hours afterwards, have some food, have some drinks Watch the next game if you want like, I, I think that's such a brilliant move from the club um, And the stadium just never ceases to amaze me you know, like, Every time I've gone I've been more and more impressed with it um, There are some teething problems, you talk about yeah. travel Serving of beer needs to get a little bit better, just because well, one they're running out of it, and two the um, the pumps and that that they're using. So, anyone that's not been, they fill the pints up through the bottom of the glass, which is a mesmerizing thing, especially once you've had a couple, you think it's the best thing you've ever seen. Um, but there are some problems with that. So I think that will all get better. Yeah. Um, but the the fact that you know fans are getting in the stadium early and drinking and the atmosphere is. You know, electric straight away is just adding to the whole thing. And I think back to that City game last week, one of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced. It was just phenomenal. And there, normally when you go to games, there are highs and lows. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere starts and then it drops, and you have a chance. It was the whole game, it yeah.
1: was relentless. Um, it might have been different if the Aguero penalty had gone in. Yeah. Um, but it was That just... was actually a turning point, I think. I think that really helped the fact that they got that penalty and, and Hugo saved it. Yeah. Um, so it's fantastic. I, on Saturday, um, I went to I had a friend in the north, and I wanted to go and see the. Nor- I wanted to go in the north just to look at the before the game yeah. to look at the wall because I'm I'm in it, and I see all these yeah, videos yeah. online, but I'm I'm, a, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing structure. Yeah. by the view from the north, where he was in like the north sort of lower, like ten or eleven rows up, fantastic view of the the, the wall, the park lane, south standings, whatever you want to call it. Um, but even to the left, the the East Stand to the right of you, the West and, they look fantastic. Yeah. Everything just looked beautiful. Even the pitch, which is bigger than White Hart Lane, I think it's the same dimension as Wembley. Wembley, yeah. It, I was gonna say it feels smaller. It doesn't, but it just feels closer. Yeah, it feels compact. Yeah. it feels like White Hart Lane, and I think so,
0: that, you, you said that at the top of the show, and the, the club deserves so much credit for it's difficult to be able to have yeah. kept that feeling but for fans even though the concourse is you know,
1: so much more modern and there's all this it feels like you're in White Hart Lane again For um, me the stadiums are 10 out of 10 easily yeah. in terms of experience at the moment I'm, I'm going to be a little bit harsh I'll say 9 9.5 but mm. that's, that's just because of those things with the transport yeah. the stewards etc which we'll get better over time the biggest thing for me I don't know how you feel about this but with Wembley the first season we just accepted it, yeah. it, was, it, was at, it was the price we were going to pay one season at Wembley. This season I just found really difficult. Yeah. And, yeah, I was going to the games, but, I wasn't looking forward to it. Mm. I, I really now, mm. enjoying, it's yeah. just, it's just so good to be back home, I yeah. can't emphasise. I, you know what, I,
0: I was similar, you had those Saturday three o'clock games and you're playing, you know, Southampton, you think, Yeah, you know, it's going to take me two hours to get there, yeah. like, it's just going to be a, a massive pain. Whereas like now, the excitement for people for that Palace game in the Huddersfield game everyone's just buzzing to be back in Tottenham and it does make such a a difference Um, it's time now for the We Are Tottenham Hotspur quiz
2: we are about the glory of the game we are about playing with style we are Tottenham Hotspur
0: uh, so, for anyone that doesn't know this feature, I will give you a game that Spurs have been involved in, the date of that game, and I'll name roughly half of the starting eleven. And uh, all I need you to do, very simple, is uh, name me the rest of that Spurs starting eleven. Okay. So this game is Man City nil, Tottenham Hotspur one, the fifth of May, two thousand and ten. Oh, the. Uh, okay the Crouch get okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not a bad not a bad okay. assumption. Okay, so we played four four two that day. Yeah. So goalkeeper was Aurelio Gomez.
1: hmm
0: Right back is a question mark. Yeah, that's got it <laughs> <laughs> The first centre back was Michael Dawson. The second centre back is a question mark. Okay. The left back was Benoit Asuikoto. The right hand side of midfielder was Aaron Lennon. First centre midfielder is a question mark. The second centre midfielder was Luka Modric. Mm-hmm. The left-hand side of midfielder is a question mark. Okay. The first striker is Peter Crouch. Yeah. And then the second striker is a question mark. So I need the right back. Okay, the Right back. back is Kabul. You need Kabul yeah. Yep. You're he, just going to wilt these he, off, are He, aren't he, he, he you? got the cross in. He did get the cross. Um, in, yeah. So
1: we've got Gomez, Kabul, Dawson, Ba left-back, of course, left-back. Um, so the other centre-back... Centre um, I think possibly Ledley. He's correct. I think that that season, Harry Redknapp, he, he played quite a few games towards yeah. the end and he worked his way into the World Cup squad. So, OK, Ke- yeah. King. Yeah. He um, did He did play... It felt like he played a lot more games, Ledley, that season. Um, what a player. So we've got Lennon on the right... You need the left hand um, side of
0: midfielder and then the other centre midfielder. The left
1: hand side I'm gonna go with. It's probably Bale, but it's not, is it? it is, no, it's it Bale. is it is Gareth I Bale. was very close to saying Cranshaw yeah, Okay. Bale. Three for so, three, three
0: so far.
1: Um Lelon, Motrich, Bale. Uh, Huddleston. Tom Huddleston <laughs> nailed okay. it. Nailed and it. And the other
0: striker. The other striker this is for a full house which right. has
1: never happened. I'm going to get this wrong. Um, the, other, the other striker, um, I'm just thinking, sorry, we've got Peter Crouch. Um, this is pre-Vanavart, it wouldn't have been Vanavart. I'll really help you get it. No um, one ever gets a full house. I mean, it's two. there's, okay, so, I, I, It's basically, it's one of two possibilities, yeah. I know it's not Robbie Keane, because we loaned him out, at that point, and I know it's not, good Johnson. It is good Johnson, isn't it? I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything. We We got good, oh, I think it's either Defoe or um, Pavlichenko. I can't remember at the moment. (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) It's (coughs) causing you so much stress as well. It wasn't Good Jonsson. Good would have been on the bench. Oh, Defoe. Full house. Yeah. Full house. Jerome Defoe.
0: Great shout. Have you got the Um, bench there? uh, I can get it. So, I mean, that team. Um, which was Gomez in goal Cabal Ledley Dawson Asui Cotto, Lennon Modric Huddleston Bale Crouch and Defoe mm-hmm. the bench was Ben Ornwick was our okay, goalkeeper yep. absolutely
1: shocking was he at Sunderland at some point uh, it, it sounds wasn't like was a controversial been... video there wasn't there something you did contro... anyway think... <laughs> well oh, that, that's for your
0: private googling yeah. right, isn't it um, then the other subs in that game, uh Sebastian Basson, yeah. um, Bentley, oh Genus, yeah. Palacios, yeah. Pavlichenko, and Johnson, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um came on for Defoe in that game with ten mm-hmm. minutes to go. Bentley came on for Lennon and Palacios for
1: Modric. and um, what a night that was as well when that yeah. Crouch goal went in oh, that was just, Where were you for that? I was I was watching it on a stream at home, a very dodgy stream. Um, that was just, it was, you know, one of these where it just wasn't. Yeah. It, it, was, it was all pixelated and, yeah. and it was buffering. And but I did see the, the I did see the goal, goal in 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 oh. closest real time as you could get. Yeah. And um, the Man City team
0: that night: Martin Fullop in goal, Zabaleta, company, Torre, Wayne Bridge, Barry and De Jong, centre midfield, mm-hmm. um, Bellamy off one side. Adam Johnson off the other. Oh dear. Um, and then and Tevez. Ad- Adebayor and Tevez up top. Um, and on their subs bench, Patrick Vieira, Sean White, Phillips, Roque Santa Cruz, Nader Manua, Mika Richards, Silvino. So I mean, you know, those teams have both massively changed. I, if I, think I think Shay Given was injured. He was, possibly, yeah. And Fulop was in goal, and it was like ex. He was ex, his ex Spurs, isn't he? Yeah. Is there was a whole thing yeah. about oh, he's gonna have the game of his life, Doctor Spurs, all of that stuff. Um, but we came through yeah. it in the end. So, um, what a night that was. So Full house. There mm-hmm. you go. I'll have to uh, have to have you back just for the quiz alone <laughs> next week. Um, but no look you're at both games this week so enjoy yeah. Manchester thank you um, I hope we get the results um, it's going to be a massive massive week if you're not listening to Jabad's podcast do check it out Top Motspur Family podcast um, but pleasure as always seeing you mate Absolutely. Um, thank you. and remember whatever Likewise. happens this week future's bright future's lily white come on you Spurs
2: I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized, until today, just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion.
0: Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world.
2: We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsmann. We are the collective gasp. The intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30 yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott, and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. We are blanchflower, Flower, Ardilis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.